Hey church family, uh, we're here with another Ask the Elders. Um, I'm Ryan and, and Brandon is uh, working on a sermon for this Sunday. So we have our other elders here and we're doing it in a slightly different format. We're doing just audio podcast, no video this time. So um, I'll just pass it around the room and we'll just introduce ourselves. Again, I'm Ryan and to my right is Hoyt Bradley. Hello everyone. Uh, Jeff Repass, good morning. Alistair Curley here. And uh, David Holst. There you go. There's the whole uh, the whole crew, and we're gonna get started. Our question today from one of our church members is: How does Isaiah twenty six twenty apply to our current time and situation, if at all? And Isaiah twenty six twenty says, "Go, my people, enter your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until the wrath has passed." So. Um, we're just going to talk about that and kind of go through our thoughts and, and how we can dig into that more as Christians and believers. Okay. So, uh, as we discussed it, the, the simple answer is no. <laughs> but, it's, but it's obviously more complex than that. And that's what we're going to uh, kind of expand upon. Sure, and I think one of the things that we would like to just think about is that I don't think we can definitively say that this is... Uh, correlating to the coronavirus, but on the same side, we, or on the same token, we cannot say just the opposite, that it, that it isn't either. So in that uh, we live in a fallen world, that we are going to experience the consequences of sin in the world. So whether it be directly or indirectly, I think we have to look at it from both sides, and we would be <clears throat> foolish to ignore the possibility that it could be um, it could be God's wrath on this world. Yeah, um, I would just add to that that the the context of Isaiah up to this point has mostly been about judgment. And if you go back, and that's one important thing about taking a verse like this or, or any verse of Scripture. Some people have said, don't read a verse of the Bible, meaning don't just read one verse of the Bible. You know, you, you need some context to help give you background and understanding of what that, what that verse um, pertains to. And so when you go back, even a couple chapters, back to chapter 24 of Isaiah, um, you can see that this whole section begins, uh, judgment was going on way before this, but this whole section here in chapter 24 is starting to deal with judgment, God's judgment on the whole earth, and um, moving forward from there. But when you get into... Chapter 26, um, where this verse uh, sits, we see that at the beginning, the f first verse, well, let me just read the first four verses of chapter 26, because I think this is some important context for um, verse 20. So chapter 26 of Isaiah, starting in verse 1, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation. As, as walls and bulwarks, open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And I think that's really important, because when you get over to verse 20, or verse 20, there and it and it says, "Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury is passed by." Now, where are we hiding ourselves? We're we're hiding ourselves in Christ. We're hiding ourselves in God, in our salvation. And so, when this chapter starts out, 
by, again, this is a song being sung by Judah, by God's people, um, in the midst of all this judgment that's been going on. And, and, this, and it says, in that day, and this is about future judgment at some point. And, uh, but one thing we have to keep in mind is that the, this promise here that God's people are kept in him. Um, it says, open the gates in verse 2, that the righteous nation that keeps, my, keeps faith may enter in. And I think it's also important to see here that the knowledge of this. <clears throat> verse 3 tells us that knowledge of this, it keeps us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When our mind is stayed on our Savior, when our eyes are fixed on Christ, uh, there's a peace that comes with that. And the scripture says it's perfect peace. So in the midst of the fury and all that's coming, God's people don't fear condemnation. We don't fear punishment because Christ took that on himself, on our behalf. Um, so it's important that we take comfort in this passage uh, as well, and we can do so by reading those first three ver- first four verses even to see what it says. I also think um, this ties into the whole concept of a little bit of the Passover that we talked about earlier. Um, this whole idea of going in and God's wrath passing by as we saw, you know, as the uh, people of Israel were getting ready to leave Egypt, you know, God had them sacrifice the, a lamb and mark the, the door stains with blood and the you know angel of death passed by. And that even ties into now. We as believers are covered in Christ's blood. And that wrath that it talks about, even until his wrath has passed by, you know, we can't hide in a room and be safe in a house. Right. We are safe because Christ's blood covers us. Right. And that's both uh, looking back at what happened and looking forward, you know, I think both as well. Yeah. Yeah, a pretty common theme throughout the scripture is being covered in our savior, whether it's through the Passover, through Noah being in the ark, you know, God calls Noah to build the ark. This great flood comes, destroys the entire world, except for Noah and his family, because God provided the ark. He had Noah build it, but God protected them in it. Uh, And that gives us this imagery of, again, how we are protected in our savior in Christ. Um, And so God always, has his remnant. God always keeps his people. That doesn't mean that God's people don't suffer, that God's people don't feel the effects of things like the coronavirus and those kinds of things. But what we're talking about is our soul, our eternity. Uh, and so we shouldn't get, get it mixed up and think that being in Christ means I won't ever have any suffering or anything like that. That's just a, a lie, a total lie. Um, but our comfort and our peace comes in the knowledge that we are no longer condemned because Christ took our punishment for us. Yeah, I think the the people of God, you know, learning in the book of Isaiah that just because you are a person of God, you know, you're a child of God, doesn't mean you're going to be spared from earthly harm, like you said, suffering. We live in a fallen world, right? So there is, but I think um, I think Psalm 53, David says, uh, be, mer- be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long, they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. <clears throat> in their pride are many attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, who, whose word I praise. 
in God I will trust and I am not afraid. And so, you know, David is kind of throwing in that same, that same thing. It's, it's the coronavirus right now even can feel like that. It's the, the all day long, right? We've been in, in uh, shelter in place for a little over a month now and, and we're, we still feel that, you know, like, oh, this is still going on. There's still people suffering. There's still, you know, my life is now a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, but, but really what David's saying is I'm going to put my trust in God and in him I am not afraid. Um, I think, yeah, just like what we've been saying, um, we can sometimes try to find our hope in this world and comfort in this world, um, and we can put a lot of value in that. Um, and then when something like this with our situation with the coronavirus comes up, it can uh, make us question what we really treasure and what we really find value in and then where our hope really comes from. Um, because I think, I mean, so everyone else in this world tries to grasp onto something in the midst of this this chaos and this confusion um but we as we as christ followers we have we have christ we have his blood we have that that passover lamb that um, is covering us and we're protected in that and we have that eternal mindset in the midst of these circumstances where um you know yes we're called to to be behind closed doors and to to wait a little while you know that's what the government's telling us um, but with what Isaiah is telling us here, it's, it's, it's much bigger picture. It's the much bigger scale of, of God's judgment. And we have that, that covering that we're no longer condemned because of Christ. Um, so yeah, I think it, it, I, I love that um, they brought this verse up just because of how similar the language was to what um, you know, we're being told to follow. Um, and so it's good to, to hash this out and to see... Um, how do we take what scripture says into context and in light of what um, our, our circumstances and our culture is telling us? Um, because it's easy to, to find a verse like this and be like, oh, okay, like we need to do this. Um, but in reality, we need to look at all of scripture and take it all into the whole context of it um, and not just tunnel in onto the little things. So. Yeah, and I think when we see it talking about it says in verse 20, come my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. I think somebody said earlier in, in this discussion that going into a house isn't going to protect you from God's, <laughs> God's judgment and God's wrath. What protects us is Christ. And the other thing that came up in our discussion and that I think is, is good to look at is verse 21, where it says, For behold, the Lord is coming out, of his, out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth will disclose the blood shed on it, and will no more cover its slain. And it is, it's very important for us to remember that um, this is very specifically talking about a coming punishment from the Lord on the iniquity of the inhabitants of the earth. But again, as, as those who have put their faith in Christ for salvation, that judgment, uh, punishment... For iniquity doesn't come on God's people uh, in terms of eternal condemnation or anything like that. Um, so I think, again, back to the original question, does this Isaiah 2620 um, mirror what's going on today? Yeah, I think the answer is no. If, you're, if the question is, uh, was Isaiah talking about 
the coronavirus in 2020? I don't think so, but uh, I think clearly we can see that God does throughout history issue out immediate judgment and punishment on on people. And we don't know when he's going to do that, but we can see it all the way through the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. So there's no reason for us to believe that God won't and can't still do that. We just can't definitively. Here we have the scriptures. We can look back and see it says God did this. But today we can't, without the benefit of scripture, um, we shouldn't, you know, read into a situation and say definitively, God sent the coronavirus, you know, because of X, Y, or Z. Um, but ultimately, we can also say that because this is a fallen world, that it sort of is a judgment of God, because <laughs> it's a fallen world, and this this is the result of sin. It's the result of of rebellion against God. Um, so, in a sense, it is. Well, boy, I think that ties directly into Romans one. Hmm. where it says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what have been, what's may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. And he goes down and says, therefore God gave them over. Mm-hmm. I think it ties right into that. I mean, there's just consequences of our sinful nature that manifests itself in every generation. Yeah, we see it throughout history, like what you're saying. <laughs> we see it Old Testament, New Testament. We see it... Yeah. We see it now. We see it with the plague. Like, there's all these times throughout history where things go bad because we as humans are bad. And that's a natural consequence of being in a sinful and fallen world. Yeah, and if, if the question is, is the coronavirus God's final judgment? No. Yeah, I mean, it could be part of it. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's, it's one along the way. But again, I, I don't think that... When, when will we know the answer to that question yeah. is... is Maybe the better question. I, I, I don't think there'll be any confusion when, <laughs> when when God's judgment and wrath comes. I don't like you say there may be some confusion among people initially as to why, but sure. But I don't think we'll have to wonder. Like we're we're completely focused on this one thing right now, um, and I don't think it'll be confusing for us. And I also agree. Honestly, it's a moot point. What God is looking to us as believers is how do we respond? Mm-hmm. Exactly. How do we respond within our communities? How do we respond as followers of Christ? Do we respond with fear or do we respond with hope? Do we respond with locking ourselves in our houses? Or do we respond by how do we help our neighbor, you know, get their food and supplies? I mean, so to me, the answer to all this is, you know, who cares whether it is or isn't? I mean, yes, we can care. But ultimately, what God is looking to us for is a response. Yeah, for sure. As followers of Christ. Well, and so, so as followers of Christ, then, this is encouragement. But it's also a gospel message. I think it's a call to people, right? The judgment is coming because of iniquity. Mm-hmm. And how do you avoid that? By being in Christ. Well, I think if you read the entirety of that chunk of Isaiah and, and you know that chapter twenty six, and then you read the chapters leading up to it, like this is a this it, it, you know it says and you read it in the first verse. It's a song, right? And it's it's really a praise to God, knowing that through all of this strife and trouble and and peril that the people of Israel were going to be put through during this time. They knew that coming out of it would be, you know, they had to go through that to come out of it. And I think that's kind of, you know, when you look at that chunk of Isaiah, you know, those chapters surrounding it, that's what it really points out to you. I really like, um, you know, we're talking about planning and knowing and doing these things. And I think the end of James 4, 413, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, it, it kind of gives us the option now um, as believers, you know, we can look at the James 13 as the, um, you know, as the is the pre 
shelter in place, and then really um, our, our choices: do we want to go with the you know chapter or verse fifteen is the our now that we're sheltering in place, this this could be our attitude. And I'll read it. It says um, James four thirteen. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow I will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, uh, what your life will be. For you are like vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Um, but as but as it is, you boast in your arrogance, such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as believers, you know, James kind of is, you know, the same question could be asked. Does this verse parallel with, with our current circumstances? And the answer is kind of, yeah. It gives us a choice. Um, we can choose to, we can choose to continue to say, well, as soon as this thing lifts, I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. Instead of saying, I'm going to um, trust in what God has for me and seek what his will is for my life. Yeah, this could be God's, you know, part of God's plan here could be that his people need time to reflect. His people need time to reevaluate and, and get back to, you know, first things, get back to his word and, and being reminded of our, it's, this whole thing has sparked all these conversations and all these things we're talking about to reassure believers, wait a second, we don't have to fear coronavirus. Are believers here and there probably dying from coronavirus? Yes, but this isn't their home. Their eternity is with God. They're, they're being ushered into eternity before us. And I, maybe we should be a little jealous, <laughs> uh, you know? <laughs> but, but the point is, we don't have to fear. It doesn't mean we're not sad for the loss of people and loved ones. But as those who are in Christ, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. Yep. Right. And so this, this is a good time of reflection for us, actually, to be able to go back to the Word and answer questions like this and, and be reminded that our shelter, our rock, our refuge is our Savior. Yeah. I think practically, even as my, as my family has gone through this, even last night we were sitting down as a family talking about this, and I liked what Dave said. It was kind of jogged my memory on this, the whole response. What is, what is our response to this? And, you know, I have, as a, as a leader of my family, I have a, uh, a responsibility to, to look at that response from all angles. Is this something that, that I need to self-reflect, like Hoyt said? Am I doing something in my life that I need to clean up or get rid of? Are my family's priorities in the right in the right direction are they are our are priorities serving God and what he's calling us to do so this does like Hoyt said it gives us an opportunity to stop slow down and say all these things I've been doing are they really that important like James right are we are we planning for things that we shouldn't even be thinking about or are we living in the moment for Christ yeah. so practically for us I think my family that's how we've been trying to really focus us on our response to it yeah. both reflective and how we how we do that outwardly right and i think that second part of james where he says if you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it it's a sin what better time to be reflecting on what good should i be doing right now while i'm slowing down in life and not so preoccupied and busy with everything that i'm used to doing what is that good that i ought to do Uh, i think this is a perfect time to 
reflect on that and sure. you know take some action in that in our lives. I think probably a good place to end this is maybe with verses three and four again of chapter twenty six in Isaiah, who says, "You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock." All right, family, um, I hope this, you know, answered your question, and I hope it also stirred up some thought and discussion, you guys. We really appreciate these questions. Keep them coming in. Um, we're going to continue to work through them as, as elders and, and just try and share with you guys. Um, I know this morning was encouraging for me, and you may be listening to this not in the morning because this is going out at, uh, you know, this afternoon or later to, later today sometime, and, and you may listen to it three weeks from now. But, we, again, we hope this is encouraging, and, and we will see you next time.